What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. So, what's up, everybody? Today is Saturday, September 29th, if I'm not mistaken. It is Thursday. We are currently in the middle of an NFL game. It is the Bengals versus the Dolphins. If you have, it is the third quarter. We've got six minutes and twenty seconds left in the third quarter, roughly. Bengals are punting the ball away. They currently have a lead, fourteen to twelve. If you've not been following the game, Tua Tagovailoa is in the hospital. Yeah, left the game via ambulance. Took a very hard tackle and landed on his head and neck area. It was it was bad. Yeah, landed on. He was. It, it's, he was almost power bombed onto yeah, his was, head, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he rolled his back hit and rolled right, you know, and slammed. like slammed his head down. Yeah. It was because all the weight of the well, the lineman was wrapped around his waist, and he was pulling back, yeah. and that essentially all of that force slammed to it into the ground. So he his hands did that automatic response that happens when you suffer head trauma, where your hands go almost up in front of your face, and your fingers kind of stiffen and get. You know, kind of weird. Yeah, and uh, the, fr- fe- the fencing response, I believe, is what yeah, it's called. There we go. And so he did not move from that point on, essentially, from the best we could tell. He was flipped over. He, you know, he was laying on his side. He ended up laying on his back, and we didn't see him move from that point forward. He was put on a stretcher, completely strapped down, you know, to completely immobilize his body. He was taken out of the arena into an ambulance and taken away to a hospital. If you weren't following last week, he suffered what we... If you were watching the game on Sunday, to the naked eye, it appeared that Tua had suffered a head injury on Sunday. So, this has been something that's been going on where the NFL has already launched an investigation into the Dolphins because they believe Tua Tagovailoa should enter the concussion protocol. However, they put him back into the game, and the Dolphins claimed that it was an ankle and a back injury, and that was the reason that Tua looked unsteady on his feet last week. That was the thing. When he was coming off the field after the hit, he kind of wobbled and lost his balance, and a lot of people thought that was a neurological response due to the hit he just took to his head. But the Dolphins claimed it was a back and ankle injury, and that's what caused him to lose his balance. So, obviously now, four days later, playing on Thursday night to suffer an even more vicious blow to the head, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah. bad. Yes, it yep. is. Yep. So this is one of those things where the NFL, you know, there's definitely going to be uh, an investigation into this now that there's been a follow-up injury. Well, we're hoping the best for Tua with a second concussion that quickly. We imagine he's he uh, just for yeah. the foreseeable future. We don't imagine Tua starting. Yeah, we we we're, yeah we don't know if he had a concussion the first time, but he it looked like he got hit in the head. So it's like, yeah. So there's other things again. They've completely mobilized his body. So there could be for there could be more damage that we don't see, know about. Yeah, it's he okay. had so he was conscious um, in the ambulance and he did have mobility in his extremities. Yeah, okay, so that's, so that's good. Yeah. But let's so, get uh, yeah, let's get back to the uh, the wrestle going. Yeah, so what we're doing is we're gonna recap week three essentially, and now that we've got three weeks of information, if you listen to our other episodes, you know that I said that I wanted to wait until we had you know at least three weeks worth of information to kind of change our opinions on players based on what we thought before the season started to where they're at now. So that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to go through the games, we're going to go through what happened, and then kind of check the temperature on the major players on each team. So with that being said, uh, Rich, you want to start us off with the Browns versus Steelers? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the Browns beat the Steelers 29-17. to 
Um, it was a pop-off game for David Njoku, 23.9 points. Maury Cooper also with 23.1 points. Jacoby Brissett was a very serviceable quarterback this week. Came in with 17.9 points. Now he's playing as a game manager, but he's not going to turn the ball over. And when he gets a couple, of, a good matchup where he's going to have to throw the ball, he, he could be usable. Uh, Nick Chubb, 17.3 points. Uh, on the Steelers' side, you had Deontay Johnson, was their high man with 16.4. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had 14.98. And a bit of a, a little disappointing from Najee, I think. But we'll, we'll get into the running backs as a whole okay. as we go through. But he had uh, 13.1. Oh. Sorry. oh, big play to Tyree Kill. Teddy Bridgewater just hit Hill. Down Might have been the, the longest play of Tyree <laughs> Kill's career. Is putting another one in. Down to the two, five, I think, yeah. when he went down. I, that oh was a God. that was a bomb. Yeah, it was a bomb. All right, longest throw of Teddy Bridgewater's career, it right there. Like they start at the thirty, and he hits him down yeah, to the five. Take a look here. Oh God, the camera can't keep up with how how fast he bobbled that too. He's got the five yard, yeah, five yard line. As you know, Case Evans coming in to pick that up. Going back to our games, uh, Najee Harris had thirteen point one points. He had fifteen points until the final play of the game, yeah, which was kind of a schoolyard backyard kind of play. The controversial fumble. Yeah, so basically, you know, they snapped the ball, little dump-off pass, and then when that guy was about to be tackled, he pitched it, and then another guy pitched it. And essentially, there was two or three pitches, and on Najee's pitch, the ball was fumbled or not recovered by the guy he pitched it to, so it counts as a Najee fumble, and he loses two points on the final play of the game. Otherwise, he would have had 15.1 points. I think the bigger side with the Pittsburgh Steelers for me is that this ceiling's not as high for Najee and Deontay Johnson as we were hoping at the start of the season. So I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of 20-plus point games coming from these guys like we were originally yeah, thinking. No way, It just doesn't look very good, man. Unless Pickett comes in we'll at, in the back end of the season and plays better, but, like, I mean, I don't know if he's ready to do that. I have no idea what his development is like in that Steelers camp. So, so that being said, you know, Najee's been saved because he's been getting touchdowns each week. I honestly don't know that I expect that to change because if you get inside the five-yard line, do you want Mitchell Trubisky throwing it to somebody or you want to hand it to Najee Harris, even with the line you've got? That's a great point. Yeah. So this could be one of those things where maybe Najee Harris has a similar season what James Conner had last year. He essentially gets all these touchdowns every game. I don't imagine two or three touchdown games because I don't think the Steelers' offense is going to move that much. But he could essentially end up being a top 15 running back each week just because he gets into the end zone, and that gets him you know, an easy six points. And then his volume alone will get him another six to eight points each week. Deontay Johnson's going to get the volume on that offense. I don't imagine another pass catcher's emerging. Pat Fryer is still a serviceable tight end because tight ends are not particularly impressive this yeah. season. So he's still fine as a starter going forward. On the flip side of that, the Browns. Nick Chubb has been the most consistent running back in the NFL through this point. He is the running back one through the season. And this is for a guy who's not involved a lot in the passing game. He's just been getting the volume in every game that he's played in. So... I'm going to have him as my running back one going into this week. Apologies for everybody. I know I said before that I would have my rankings up on Thursday every week. I didn't get them up on time this week. I'll have them out tomorrow on Friday. I'll tweet them out to you. Apologies for that. Obviously, I'll remove the players playing in this game tonight, so sorry if you needed advice about that. But David Njoku, he's getting volume as well as a tight end there for the Cleveland Browns. 23.9 points this week, like you said, Rich, so... I'm good with starting David Njoku. Again, tight end's just been so bad this season, even on top of what we normally expect from the tight end, that, you know, at this point, if someone pops off for two weeks, you know, I'm going to take the risk going forward with them compared to other guys. You can drop, you know, somebody like Cole Komet 
or even Irv Smith. I have to keep rolling forward with Irv Smith because there's no tight ends available in any of my leagues, but you could drop Irv Smith. He hasn't, he's been getting some volume. He just hasn't been productive with it. The Vikings offense seems like it's struggling now as opposed to what we thought it looked like after week one. I wonder what the tight end like total points like look like uh, compared to other years this year to, to other years. I think that would be an interesting thing to take a look yeah. at at some point. I know running back scoring is down through the first yeah, three weeks compared sure. to the last uh, to, to just years in prior. So Yeah. With that being said, Amari Cooper, I wasn't too interested in Amari Cooper before the season started, especially with Jacoby Set playing a quarterback, but he seems to be the only wide receiver essentially receiving targets in the game, so if he's going to get 10, 11 targets a game, he, you know, this is the second week where he's had 20-plus points out of the first three weeks. I imagine that he is going to be a starting wide receiver going forward, you know, unless things change drastically. He's, you disagree? Feel differently? No, I, I think you're firing him up. You like what you see these first three weeks. Um, who else do they really have outside of Cooper, wide receiver? It's it's not a very deep room, and you're trusting the targets and the volume. You, you fire them up every week. Yeah. Jerry Jones is wishing he still had Amari Cooper right now instead of that sixth-round pick he got or whatever it was. Half a cookie, something like that. All right, moving on to the next game, the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. Talked about this a little bit earlier. Josh Allen went off in this game, as always, 26.7 points. Devin Singletary, surprisingly, had a big game. ton of targets. Uh, I told somebody not to draft him that like doesn't play a lot of fantasy football, and then they ended up drafting him anyway, and, and I'm like, well, thank God like, he didn't follow my advice on that. <laughs> oh, man, so, you yeah. never heard the end of it. Oh, uh, yeah, no. I've been, I, I, was like, I, I felt like saved, you know. Devin Singletary, 11 targets last week, tied with Stefan Diggs for most on the team. Stefan Diggs actually left the game at one point. It looked like he was suffering cramps due to the heat in that game. That's been a story coming out of the game. There was a lot of heat, a lot of yeah, cramping for some players. It was incredibly humid down there in Miami. Yeah. Go, go figure. It was humid in Miami. Isaiah McKenzie, though, was their leading scorer as far as receivers go, 21.2 points. Stephon Diggs still had 14.4 points. That was his lowest score so far this week. He is going off this year. Yeah, if a down week from Stephon Diggs is 14.4 points, I'll take that. T. Higgins, uh, yep, T. Higgins T. with T. another Higgins, catch. T. Higgins, we're, we are T. Higgins yeah. squad tonight. Me, Rich, and Mike all have T. Higgins in one league or another here, so we're all rooting for T. Higgins. He's essentially the only Bengals wide receiver doing anything at the moment in this uh, game. It looks like he's limping a little bit. Oh. No. That's yeah. not good. He's already got over 20 oh, points, right? 21.2. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, back oh, to the game. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Stefan Diggs I had ranked as my wide receiver one coming into the season. I just thought he'd be, you know, the clear-cut top wide receiver there. You lost Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley who had taken targets last year. You have, you know, Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie there, but I just feel that connection with Josh Allen's going to be so strong that Stephon Diggs is going to keep doing what he's doing. Josh Allen obviously had a high ranked as well as the quarterback. He was my quarterback one. He was starting them up every week. Devin Singletary is going to fluctuate from having high games like this to having eight-point games here and there. He'll probably have the safest floor of the wide, of the running backs on the Buffalo Bills, so if you're playing one, he's the one you want. I'm not interested in Zach Moss or James Cook. Yeah, All right. And then on the flip side of that, the Miami Dolphins, surprisingly not too high scoring as far as points goes for them. Chase Edmonds, 15.7 points. 
Huge catch by Jamar Chase here in the yeah. Bengals Dolphins game. On yeah. a pass from Tyler Boyd. And in case, uh, in case we didn't update you earlier, wow, Tyler Boyd. Ty- yeah. Tyler Boyd passing points tonight. Yeah. There we go. So the Dolphins earlier had kicked a field goal after that big catch from Tyreek Hill we had talked about. So 15 14 right 15 14 now. Miami Dolphins. You know, Rich, if, if they get a safety. You're, you're not dead yeah. yet. Yeah, you always feel good about seeing your uh, wide receiver getting uh, passing points. You know, that's a little, uh, little .84 pickup or something. Yeah. So, Dolphins-Bills game last week. Chase Edmonds, 15.7 points. Jalen Waddle, 15.1. Tua Tagovailoa comes in with 11.44. Tyreek Hill did not eclipse the 10-point mark. as a down week for Tyreek Hill. It was just a lower-scoring affair in general. The Dolphins didn't have the ball much. Like, this was a game where the Bills, I believe, ran close to 90 plays, if not more. Yeah, the, the Bills had the ball for 40 minutes of the game. And so the Dolphins had the ball for about 20 minutes of the yes. game. They ran about 33 to 39 plays, somewhere like that, versus the Bills' 90 plays. I have no idea how the Dolphins won this game. The Bills just kept turning the ball over and making mistakes at critical times, and the Dolphins got a couple of good stops. Yeah, it's it was a crazy game. If you had those numbers in a game nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, you're gonna win. This was like that one weird game that goes the other way. So as far as the Dolphins go, I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill having a down week. He's had two huge weeks before that. Him and Jalen Wall were both top five wide receivers on the season going into the week. I imagine. Well, we, I don't need to imagine. We're watching the game. He's having a big week this week. I don't yeah. know that you call it well, big, but the, I think more of the implication is here is for what we're seeing right now is obviously Waddle has been uninvolved uh, since Teddy Bridgewater took over. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you can't. I understand it's it happened just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jalen Waddle caught, like, one screen pass thus far and doesn't seem to be really involved. Teddy's going to Trent Shurfield, who runs with him when, <laughs> with the twos and yeah, practice. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So what this means is I think this is going to now go from you can start Tyreek and Jalen Waddle comfortably each week to it's going to flip-flop between who's going to have the good week, and you just kind of got to put them in and hope that they're the one that has the good week. And it seems like Tyreek Hill has the edge based off what we're seeing so far in this game. Maybe they change to get Jalen Waddle more involved, but, you know, when they actually have a week to game plan with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback versus what Teddy Bridgewater jumping in when he wasn't expecting to. So we'll yeah. see what happens with that. I Obviously stocks down for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle if you have them. Right, yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah. I, I mean it's also you just have to see how your league mates perceive it if you're gonna make a move off of this. Like you this is a good time to you know, if you're obviously like it it, it you're playing dynasty, like people are looking more long term, but like uh you know, if you have somebody that's anxious to move out of a position like that, it could be the time to kinda of start to plant the seed, you know. Especially if what's his name, uh Tua ends up being out. That's the other thing you need to check. You need to see if two is how what what the situation with two is. I imagine he's going to mix next week, but we got to see if like if you find out he's going to be missing an extended period of time, then yeah, I'd be nervous if I had Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I'm still obviously starting them going forward until like I clearly see. So I'm starting them next week unless I clearly I'm starting them both next week, and then next week if I clearly see a difference between who's the lead target, I would consider benching the other one until he proves it. Like, if Tyree Kill continues to be the number one target through this game and next week, then I'd be okay with putting Waddle on the bench until he shows that, you know, they yeah. can both be it's sustainable. A, it's hard to imagine that he does not remain the wide receiver one. The person I see in most work, but I could see in a world where it doesn't happen for sure. Yeah. But. So, that's enough of that game. Rich, you want to take us through the next game? 
Yeah, we'll go through the Eagles and the Commanders. Uh, we had an Eagles victory, 24-8. Of course. And uh, go Birds. Go Birds. That was a junk time touchdown they got, too, just for morale. Yeah. As opposed Almost to Almost had to score Dami, didn't we? Yeah. Almost they had, had to ruin it. That, uh, that saved Antonio Gibson's day. That's Tyler that Boyd. That's Tyler Boyd right there. Huge play by Tyler Boyd. So we'll start with the Commanders. Terry McLaurin at 16.2 points. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 13.1. Antonio Gibson, 11, bowed out by that touchdown that he had there at the end, the garbage time TD. The meant absolutely nothing. And J.D. McKissick had 10 points. On the flip side for the Birds, big game from Devontae Smith. Shout out. 30.9 points. Dude, beast mode. Yeah, he went off today. Went off. He went off this game. Second week in a row he's gone off for a huge amount of points. Yep, and Jalen Hurts, 27.6. A.J. Brown, 19.5. Jalen Hurts, uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Yep, yep, Offensive Player of the Month. And lastly, Dallas Goddard, 11.6. Uh, that's what I like to see out of my uh, tight ends. It's a solid uh, all-around performance for the Birds. All Pretty much all their uh, – everybody but the running backs, yeah, man. How many did uh, A.K. end up with? 19.5. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> it. They all – yeah, the big three ate. and then Goddard, they all, you know, they all did their thing. Is it was really just the running backs who didn't who didn't I, do I much. I guess it's easy to have a good take on the birds. So what, what's the take on the other side of the ball though? For <laughs> Washington, yeah, for Washington, we'll their offensive line that. is atrocious, man. What kind of points are we looking at? Oh, we all went through them first. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know if uh, what what was uh, their top scoring nine QB point? Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, sixteen point okay. two. Yeah, yeah, cool. I was at caught up in the Tyler Boyd uh, massive catch. Gotcha. It's okay. It happens. Yeah. All right, and then so yeah, so AJ Brown has two t- finishes then inside of the top twenty. Devontae Smith. This has got to be wrong there. Devontae Smith was the wide receiver one this past week with thirty point nine points. Wide receiver twenty five the week before that. I feel like he would have been higher the week before that. Maybe there's a lot of scoring. Okay. Yeah, 15 points last week. Am I crazy? That seems wrong. Is that low? Don't think had more than 15 points last week. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he did so. or not. I don't think so. Okay. Let me take a look Maybe here. I'm crazy then. I apologize. Oh, it's, it's the producer's job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. To verify this information. No. It's great. It's a, it's a great name. Joe Mixon? Come on, get in the end zone. He only had 11. Week yeah, that's half PPR, right? Oh, uh, no. That, oh. Yeah, it's half. I will. So yeah, so that, no, that's right. He had fifteen. No, he had fifteen points. That's right. So this is correct. My my information is correct. Is I, correct. I doubt right. it. My own information that I have here in my own spreadsheets. Yourself. Yeah. So okay. So, but here's the big thing: ten and twelve targets for Devontae Smith and AJ Brown this week. Twelve for Devontae Smith, ten for AJ Brown. This was something I talked about before, where last year there was only one time where an Eagles wide receiver received double-digit targets. This is now two weeks in a row where we've got double-digit targets going to the wide receiver. It seems like the Eagles have become more pass-heavy. I do think that they can sustain two fantasy-relevant wide receivers going forward, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith should both be top 25 each week moving forward. The way this offense looks right now, they're both starts, both Smith and A.J. Brown. Yeah, absolutely. I, su- I survived. Uh, I, I was. I marked myself safe from Devontae Smith this week. I was, uh, I was a scary way to start the week off. 
Miles Sanders had 15 carries for 46 yards, no touchdowns, not a whole lot of involvement in the passing game, so he didn't break double-digit points. That being said, he's still the lead back. He had 15 carries versus Kenneth Gainwell's three and Boston Scott's two. So he's still the running back you want going forward, although, again, the Eagles have moved to a more pass-heavy offense, so he's a low-tier RB2 slash flex play running back. Any agreement, disagreement? Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Bengals just kicked a field goal to take the lead. It is now 17-15 to 15 once they update the scoreboard. Thank you. I had an interesting trade offer uh, before the season started. Uh, Damian Pierce, I would give up Damian Pierce and receive Miles Sanders. And uh, he, Miles, I think, put uh, in the half PPR league like a 17-point game. I was like, man, I should have traded that. And then... I feel like Damian Pierce is starting to heat up now. Yeah, it seems like yeah. he's getting ready to get going and yeah. take off. Uh, so. so, And then that being said, on the flip side for the Washington Commanders, Terry McLaurin finishes the wide receiver one finally for the Washington Commanders in week. Curtis Samuel two. Jahan Dotson had fewer than ten points. Jahan Dotson is going to be a touchdown-dependent flex play going forward. Curtis Samuel is uh, he's getting a lot of volume, so him and Terry McLaurin are both floating in the wide receiver two category with Curtis Samuel. Just a little bit higher because of the volume at the moment, despite you know Terry McLaurin's supposed to be the number one on there. How do you guys feel about Samuel going forward? Like, what are you thinking? Like, he's a wide receiver two. Yeah, he's getting volume. Yeah, he had ten targets last week. Terry to Terry's nine. He's out targeting him every week. Yeah. So, so are you firing him up? You got him, you're firing him up. Look back to was it two seasons ago because he missed a lot of time mm-hmm. last year. And he was he was getting volume even then. Yeah. He, like Ron Rivera likes him. He On the him Panthers. From Carolina. Yeah, he brought him from Carolina. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, likes to use him, and he's going to keep using him. He likes him. Two yep. or three years ago, the Panthers had three wide receivers finish top 30 on the season with Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. So that's yeah. So Samuel's got upside, and he's getting the volume. So yeah, he's a start going forward for me. Terry McLaurin's a little bit lower, but still a start as well going forward. Yeah. Moving on to the next game, we can get through this one pretty quickly. Chicago Bears twenty-three. Uh, Chicago Bears versus Houston Texans. So this was twenty-three to twenty. I don't know how these two teams scored that many points. There's two fantasy relevant players in this game. Two two players in this game eclipsed ten points. That was. Damian Pierce with 18.1 points, and Khalil Herbert with 30.9. Khalil Herbert took over for David Montgomery, who hurt his ankle in this game early on, so Khalil Herbert got all the work. We're not sure if David Montgomery is going to play this week so far. I believe he's been limited at practice thus far this week. There's a lot of people injured this week in fantasy, so really keep an eye on those injury reports and definitely check in on Friday to see what's happening. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things I've, I've been doing more this year uh, as I've been like trying to manage two teams instead of one is uh, as soon as I see like the injury reports come out like in the beginning of the week, I'm switching players over just because it can be like just to kind of have an idea at least. I mean, sometimes those last-minute decisions are, are tough, but like, I'm putting the healthy guy in first and then watching the report and putting the other guy back in instead like of – the other way around. Just I do it the other kinda, way. <laughs> dude, kind of switching up the thought process on it. Like, just keeping the, I mean, the healthy guy in. It's a good strategy. It doesn't, it, it unfortunately didn't work for me tonight because, you know, T. Higgins was questionable this week and I had him on my bench uh, in one of my leagues to have a wide receiver. I had Chris Olave and over him. And then as, you know, today progresses, we find out that Jameis Winston isn't practicing again. It looks like Andy Dalton may be starting. And Zach Wilson's going to be starting for the Jets this week over Joe Flacco. So Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, the guys that I wanted to start, 
over T. Higgins that I felt comfortable starting them over with the questionable designation. Now, I don't feel as comfortable about that, and I didn't get the switch off in time. So, backfired T. Higgins sitting on my bench in one league with 21 points at the moment. So, you know, Chris Olave, I'm counting on you this week, man. <laughs> He's got it. He's got it. But as far as the Bears and Texans go, Damian Pierce is taking over that job as a lead running back for the Texans. There's not going to be a whole lot of games where a game script is friendly for Damian Pierce, so I'm going to have him more as a low-end RB2 to flex play running back depending on the matchup. Khalil Herbert is a starter as long as David Montgomery is out. When I say a starter, I mean around roughly a top 15 running back again. That can lower a little bit based off the matchup for the Bears if they're playing a you know better defense or not whatnot. But running back has been disappointing this week. But when those guys, if Khalil Herbert, if Montgomery's out, Khalil Herbert's clearly the guy, and I'll get plenty of volume. Yeah, you're starting. Khalil and Herbert. Damian Pierce is becoming the guy for the Houston Texans. So. Next game, Carolina Panthers versus New Orleans Saints. You want to run us through those guys, Rich? Yeah, it was a 22-14 victory for the Panthers. Uh, the high man for the Panthers, high scorer, surprisingly, LaVisca Chenault, 17 points. He scored most of it on one play. He caught a huge touchdown pass. I think it was like an 80-yard touchdown pass or something. The, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's got more receiving yards right now than DJ Moore. That's crazy. He has two catches. That's crazy. Uh, McCaffrey had 13.5, and and Baker Mayfield 10.7. On the flip side for the Saints, uh, Chris Olave, 23.7 points. He's been very impressive. Yeah, that's why I was going to start. Receivers from this class this year are stepping up early, too. I mean, like, it's one thing to have a a class break out, you know, two, three years. Dude, these guys are playing. There's some guys playing, like, really well. Except for that guy on the Titans. Okay, yeah, and I, of course, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Sky Moore is not really uh, exactly. This is true. Is the not se- exactly the first Sky round wide receiver is yeah. minus, yeah, you know, that guy on the Titans. Off, but, you know, obviously you, you can't panic on those guys. You got Tyquan yeah. Thornton, David Bell's not playing, right? D- Bell's yeah. not playing. He's playing. He's playing. He's, but not, he's not playing. Yeah, he's not getting a ton of work. Brissett is only targeting Cooper. He's, you know, David yeah, Bell's falling yeah. in with Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. rotating as the backup. Yeah. And who else? Do we have anybody uh, who... Jamo. Uh, huh? He hasn't played yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamison Williams? Yeah, he hasn't yeah. played yet. So, Christian McCaffrey had 25 carries in this game, got 108 yards, and he also had two catches for seven yards on four targets. He still has not scored a touchdown, so he's not having that big game, but he's been, a, again, he's been one of the more consistent running backs in fantasy thus far through the season, even with, you know, only getting about 15 points or so each week. Is that another T. Higgins catch? That's, that's yeah. T. Higgins, T. Higgins zero-yard pickup. He just got tackled into the water cooler. That's cool. <laughs> He's fine. He's, He's fine. Good. He's good. T. Higgins is back. Looks like they taped his ankle. Oh. oh, yeah. So Christian McCaffrey's finished as running back 17, running back 5, and running back 19 in each week. He's at 15.7, 16.8, and 13.5 points from week uh, between weeks 1, 2, and 3. So, again, Christian McCaffrey is a starting running back going forward until he gets hurt, which he is on the injury report this week. He has mispracticed the past two days. He missed Wednesday and Thursday so far, so this is exactly our fear with Christian McCaffrey. If he plays, you're playing him. Another T. Higgins catch over the middle. Big play. Big, big T. Higgins play. This is because he's on my bench. We're, we're having a good night tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah you got him going in other leagues, though, so... 
The only thing that I feel better about is this guy's got Jamar Chase, so right. even I mean, yeah. every point T. Higgins gets on my bench is a point Jamar Chase is not getting on yeah. the field. Exactly. So. <laughs> Plucked that boy out of the air. Just throw him behind him. He just oh, turns he's and plucks nice, it. Man. He is uh, breaking, uh, breaking up, breaking out, breaking out right now. <laughs> Seven so. catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Back to the Panthers-Saints game. LaVisca Chanel, you're not starting him yet. He had two targets last week or two catches last week, so he doesn't have the volume. He had one big play. You're not picking him up. Keep an eye on it because, you know, somebody's got to start catching passes at the wide receiver position for this team. Do they? I we mean, it looked, <laughs> their offense looks abysmal, and I think Baker Mayfield looks cooked. Oh, I love yeah. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. You are a Baker Homer. Rich was a Baker stand. Yeah. They look, he looks cooked, man. Yeah. Do you, you think you and Baker grow up together, man? DJ Moore is uh, droppable at this point. <laughs> sorry, to, redraft, sorry, yeah. sorry to keep bringing this back to, but yeah, DJ Moore is droppable in a redraft league at this point. That's that's a that's a that's a painful one because uh, you know you drop him, he's getting picked up by somebody that like doesn't need him, yeah. like ASAP. This was what I was complaining about, or not complaining about, but talking to you about earlier too. Is like I have a league where I have Russell Wilson as my starting quarterback, and I'd love to grab another quarterback to either have on my bench to see if they go up, but like the available quarterbacks are like Geno Smith and. Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan are like the top guys available. And if I, I'm going to pick up one of those guys, and then my options to drop are DJ Moore, Rashad Bateman, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Like, I can't, if I drop one of those guys, they're getting picked up immediately. For sure. Like, you know what I mean? So, and then I, I have David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. So I can't really drop either one of them because Montgomery's a starter and Herbert's his hands. So uh, that's why my hands are kind of tied in that situation where it's like, what do I do? So, uh, DJ Moore's totally droppable. Uh, I'm close to that, but like you said, he's uh, again of all those guys. Like I'm gonna drop DJ Moore over Drake London, Chris Olave, Christian Kirk, and Rashad Bateman. Took DJ Moore with my third pick. I took all those guys way later in my draft than yeah. that. So yep, at his ADP, it, it turned out to be not the greatest. Yeah, it's very unfortunate yeah, for know, DJ Moore. They just maybe I had to take it back with Baker being cooked. Matt Rule just may need to get fired. Matt Rule's going to get fired. He yeah. just may need to get fired, and they get somebody in here to actually coach an offense. Like, yeah. dude, they got Ben McAdoo as offense coordinator right now. Like, we remember what he did with the Giants a few years ago. Everybody needs a job. You know? Everybody needs like, a they job. They get an actual offense, maybe, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, they're they're not exactly a winning culture down there right now. Oh, my Lord. Oh, <sighs> T. Higgins almost just reeled in a circus. One-handed. Yeah, one-handed catch for kind of two-yard line, but... It was very close, very close. Chris Olave, so here's the thing with the Saints. Jameis Winston currently has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. It looks like he may miss this game. Andy Dalton may start. Michael Thomas has also not practiced the past two days after leaving the game earlier this week. Jarvis Landry practiced on a limited basis. Chris Olave seems like he's going to be the wide receiver one for this team going forward. Again, he's been getting the volume. Thomas has just been lucky with the touchdowns. In that regard, and now Olave finally got one this past week. That being said, with Andy Dalton out there, I feel less secure about Olave. He's more of a flex play as opposed to being a top 20 wide receiver, which I would have had if Jameis Winston was out there. If Jameis Winston comes back in healthy, he's around quarterback 15. So you could do worse. There have been some very disappointing quarterbacks like a, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. If you got one of those guys and you're nervous about them, or Russell Wilson, and you know Jameis Winston is out there and available and healthy, I would look into that. But at the moment, he's not healthy. So I'm nervous about Crystal Lobby this week. Alvin Kamara's been playing through a rib injury. He has been completely ineffective thus far through the season. Dude, I'm so glad I didn't end up buying him. <laughs> Alvin Kamara's weekly finishes have been running back 40, 45, and 76. I'm not sure if that's the order, but those were... Clef. 
Yeah. Right? Cliff guy? Yep, right? he was a cliff guy. Was he a cliff guy? He, he was, was a, a cliff, cliff guy. Yeah. Wow, oh, yeah, we'll say. And he's been playing well, through... Hey, week three, so we do. Yeah, I remember week three, but... Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing through a rib injury, so we'll see. But, again, if Jameis Winston is out this upcoming week, and I, I just I don't know how much I'm trusting Alvin Kamara moving forward. I, I, yeah, I don't know if I can trust Alvin Kamara as a starter right now, which is crazy to say because he's not getting the passing volume either, which was kind of, you know, keeping him afloat the past few years. Yeah, no, for sure. I yeah, no, I uh, I, I I like Kamara in the beginning of the season. That definitely another spot. It's, it's easy for me to find feel why I'm wrong, and that's like definitely feels like I was like so he was a guy I was like uh, you know veteran pickup type guy. Like maybe I trade away. Uh, you know I'm not gonna be trading a first away for him. Uh, I I wouldn't have wanted to in the position I was in of not being a contender really. But it was like uh, I I thought about it and. Glad I kept the hands off. Yeah, I think I think it really was from that that conversation that we had. That was I think one of the better ones. <laughs> that cliff, the drop off yeah, age, yeah. Off age, yeah. I mean, it's re- I mean, all of the running backs look like they've fallen off a cliff, and there's just I nobody mean, stepping I up. Mean, Eckler is like also disappointing at his ADP this year. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. Every running back is just even JT's been disappointing at his ADP. Yeah, yeah. Like, but anyway. I don't want to derail us too much. Yeah, that's fine. McPherson just banged in a 59-yard field goal. Bengals lead 20 Darn, to 15. It's only been one more yard. It was it the the meter on this on the screen said it would have been good from 64. Oh, that makes you feel well, any better about it? Yeah, it does. I mean, it does. I mean, we, he's he's a beast. We've told you that in Dizzle's league, you don't get extra points for having longer field goals, right? Hey, listen, let's, let's not. We, we're not going down that rabbit hole. We're keeping that. Like, <laughs> Oh um, my God! But. All right, sorry about that inside thing. Indianapolis Colts in twenty to seventeen over the Kansas City Chiefs. Top scorer for the Indianapolis Colts was Jelani Woods, tight end, rookie tight end. He caught two touchdowns, got fifteen point three points. So listen to what I just said. He caught two touchdowns. He had fifteen point three points. All of his points came from those two catches. Two catches, two touchdowns. So. That is two points for the catches, and then 12 points for two touchdowns is 14. So he got a grand total of, what is that, 13 yards with those two catches? And I think they all came on that, uh, the the last touchdown he scored. There you go. So the (laughs) the tight ends for the Colts have been flipping as to who's catching the touchdowns each week. It seems like a tight end's going to end up getting one because they're not throwing it to the wide receiver for whatever reason. That's not true. They have. They've just been dropped by the wide receivers on a couple of occasions. But I can't start any of the Colts' tight ends comfortably with how it keeps going back and forth between who ends up getting that touchdown. They're all touchdown-dependent tight ends, but they're all on the same team, so I'm not comfortable with any of them. Matt Ryan, 15.28 points. I hope you aren't starting Matt Ryan unless you're in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, no, not. Michael Pittman, 15.2 points. I, you know, again, a down week for Michael Pittman's 15.2 points. I will take that. Yeah, absolutely. How, how did he do week one and two? Week one, he had 27, oh, and wow. he was he, out me, injured week yeah, two. Yeah, he missed okay. week oh, yeah. two. Yeah. And then, who was I just? Jonathan Taylor, 12.1 points. The Colts still refuse to use Jonathan Taylor. They'd rather throw the touchdowns to the random tight ends each week than give it to the best player on their team. Don't know why. Hope Frank Wright gets fired. 
On this side of the ball, can we save them? Can we save them until they see that? That this is honestly my hope that all these running backs are being saved for the second half of the season, and we're going to see a resurgence starting around week eight. That's honestly my hope to what's going. It's just one of those things where I think right now, with how close it is across the league, and you've only got two teams that are on currently undefeated. That's going to looks like it's going to change soon, and you've only got one or two teams without any wins. Everyone's pretty close, so like you don't want to kill your running back yet because you don't really need to. But I think as the season starts to go and people start to fall further behind or like see other teams pull ahead they're gonna be like hey we need to get back to our winning formula and our winning formula is having our best 11 on the field and so we've got to start using taylor more we've got to start using joe mixon more we've got to you know start using alvin Kamara more so that's what i'm hoping I, but again that's a long-term plan we've got to see how things this could just be a down year for running backs from what we're seeing so far other side of the ball travis kelsey 17.9 points he continues to be the leading pass catcher for the kansas city chiefs at this point, again, you're you're throwing darts when you're starting a Kansas City wide receiver. Juju got 13.9 points, so he seems to be the one that if you're going to go with, you want to. I'm nervous about starting him each week because he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has a particularly high ceiling, and the floor could be zero points in any given game. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, 17.8 points. You're still starting Patrick Mahomes. He's outperforming a lot. Uh, you know. Even with 17 points, that's still outperforming several other quarterbacks that are yeah, drafting inside the top 10. Rare, rare fluke. Yeah. CEH, 14.9 points. This Truthers are being rewarded. No reliable CEH. The Truthers are being rewarded. And, you know, every other, like, major outlet that I listen to as far as, you know, uh, fantasy advice is recommending getting rid of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, I mean, that, was a, that was a sentiment all through the offseason, all the way up through week until the start of the football season. Like, people are still like, like, oh, so high on Clyde, you know? He has finished as running back 6, 8, and 14. And yeah. they continue to tell people to trade him and get rid of him, sell high, because they keep saying that's like getting to be like uh, like a committee situation. Like, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon keeps getting more, th- more snaps. I'm like, go back and look at the game script, and that will kind of tell you why they start going to Jarek McKinnon, because they get... Real, they got really behind in the Chargers game at one point, and they had to do a two-minute offense. If you're doing a two-minute offense, you want Jarek McKinnon out there. And, like, obviously when you're behind, you want your better pass-catching guy out there. But they're still using Clyde Edwards-Lair as a pass-catching back. It's just when you're in the two-minute drill and you need to keep moving quickly and you need guys with more stamina, you want somebody like Jarek McKinnon back there because he's just got a little bit more stamina than Clyde Edwards-Lair the way they're built. And the same thing happened this past week. They got behind on the Colts and they had to throw more and they had to do a, you know, Teddy Bridgewater for a big run right here. Oh, got pushed out of he, bounds. Yeah. Oh, no flag, no flag. They don't respect Teddy like that. Maybe yeah. he pushed him from inbounds. Yeah, I think so. I he think just that. launched him. Yeah, he did just launch him. And Teddy came down awkwardly and couldn't catch himself. And fine. the other thing is with Clyde, they keep giving him the high value touches. They're getting him touches at the red, you know, at the goal line and inside get, the red yeah. zone. I, I, I mean, I think he's great. If you're especially if you're contending right now, you're holding on to him. I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of Clyde. No, uh, yeah, I'm not selling Clyde. Their, their main thing is the vying with him. Uh, yeah. Just like you know, at, at this point, it just seems again like somebody's got a, one of those things where he just might by scoring touchdowns, end up inside the top 20 hey, each week. Rick, I got a question for you. How's that Pacheco looking so far this year? Yeah. Nah, just kind of whatever. Nah, he's... he's I mean, he's, I, he, I know he's a really late pick. So. He's missing holes. Like, he, there's spot. They uh, keep giving him... Opportunities. ...in the goal yeah. line and short yardage situations and, like... He, he, he's he's he might not be yet right now. I don't think he's ready yet. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. Word. Then we can move on from that. Then I just wonder. I know you probably have an eye yeah, on. Yeah, they, they, when they were blowing out, I forget who it was. Week one, they gave him a bunch of work at the end. And right, like, I remember the numbers it. looked good. He had eleven carries for sixty time, some yards and a touchdown. And then the next two games, they started using him in a more specified role, like short yardage and goal line. And he just hasn't been. I remember one. I don't remember if it was if it was game two or game three. They gave it to him in a, 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 a goal to go situation. They were like the one and. The dude just ran to the wrong hole. Like it was, it was a touchdown. It was right there for the taking. Mm-hmm. He ran to his lineman. So like, right? Could be. Yeah, might need time. Might need time. Yeah, to maybe need to polish a little bit. You know, what, what round pick was he He's taking a in the NFL? Pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I mean, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Anybody else we got in that game that you want to go over? No, we can move on from that game. All right, cool. I didn't want to be bringing Chicago up before. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens beat the New England Patriots 37-26. to I don't know how managed to score that high. Big story coming out of this game, Mac Jones suffered an injury on the last play of the game. He couldn't even put any weight on his foot as he was coming off the field. We've learned that it is a high ankle sprain. That's typically a six- to eight-week period. Teams are, are getting crafty this year, and, you know, everyone apparently is taking after Jerry Jones, and uh, apparently the, you know, owner of the team is now a doctor and is diagnosing when the players can come back. Because I'm hearing that there's po- like they're they're talking about the possibility of Mac Jones playing this week. He has a high ankle sprain. There's no way Mac Jones should be playing football this week. So it's most likely going to be Brian Hoyer. You weren't starting anybody on the Patriots most likely anyway, outside of Jacoby Myers, maybe one of the running backs like Ramon J. Stevenson or Damian Harris in the flex play. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like Ramon J. going forward. Yeah, no, I think this is like I think it's better for the running backs. Right. Yeah. They're going to run the ball even more than I, they did. I think, I mean, Ramondre is, you know, he's in his second year now, right? Uh, and I think, you know, not that he's going to be, like, taking over the backfield. I mean, it's still New England, but I think we're, you know, not going to see, like, some huge breakout, but I think we're, you know, he might be a solid RB, too. He's been getting a lot more work the past few weeks. Yeah, I think he's starting to get more more workload, and he could be falling into a, a nice little spot there um, if he got him at the right right position, you know? Um, I mean, he he's almost... He's, I think he's rostered probably most leagues, but could be, you know, a target in a redraft, uh, you know, if you're looking for somebody. And Teddy Bridgewater just threw an interception. Yeah, Teddy just, yeah. So, I guess uh, this is going to possibly leave it with the Birds being the only undefeated team. We'll yes. see after Sunday. We'll Everybody, see. A lot of people are sleeping on the Jaguars. Ramondre Stevenson. why. <laughs> Stevenson has finished his RB 55-43-8. He's getting more work. You said as the season goes on, but as you guys, you guys said so you, you said you feel like they'll run more. Is that better for Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson? Both, both. It's more opportunities for both of them. Yeah, I I, I don't know how much it, it is about like the QB switch, which will obviously clearly affect it. But I just feel like there's some. I got a feeling. That's all it is. I just got a feeling, like just from watching the the highlights and like some of the the tape that's been not not the tape, but like just kind of watching like. I watch his like highlight films where it's like all of his runs, and I guess it kind of has the eye test for me right now, which is not something I was expecting really before the before the year. Um, so, so Ramondre Stevenson at the moment again he finished he had a top ten finish this past week. He's a uh, low he's a borderline uh, he's a flex play or running he's a flex play at the moment for me. I know he had the big week last week. I want to see what's going on with this team with Brian Hoyer behind center this week. If you have a high upside wide receiver, I'd probably start him over Ramondre Stevenson. That's true for most low-end running backs, though. So I don't know if I'm ready to throw him up there in the top 20, but it's so hard with running backs so far this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. So position, they've been disappointing as a whole. So as far as the Patriots go, Devontae Parker, 20.6 points. This is with Jacoby Myers out of the game. Devontae Parker became the de facto wide receiver one. That being said, again, we don't think Mac Jones is going to play. Brian Hoyer is going to be out there. I'm not trusting Devontae Parker next week. Ramondre Stevenson, again, flex play. Mac Jones out. Damian Harris got 12.6 points last week. He might be able to repeat that if they go to a pass heavier. Jamar Chase just caught a huge pass. Down to the five. Down to the five-yard line. That's all right. I was big there. Can we uh, need a Joe Mixon touchdown? touchdown. <laughs> What's that? At least he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe Mixon touchdown. I mean, uh, hey, listen, if we could go to T. Higgins, though, that'd be total. That'd be, I, mean, I just no. don't want them to throw because I don't want to risk it going to Chase. I'd rather <laughs> just T. Higgins running in or, Jamar, or Joe Mixon running in yeah. for me. Okay. On the Ravens' side of the ball, Lamar Jackson, 39.42 points. Going wild this year. That's in a four-point passing touchdown league. Lamar Jackson, man. Going nuts. Carrying teams. Mark Andrews, 28.9 points. Gets back on it after having a slower week one and two. And Devin DuVernay, 10.3 points. Rashad Bateman continues to be a touchdown-dependent wide receiver flex play. For some reason... Lamar Jackson really likes Devin Duvernay. I guess it's because he's been on the team for so long at this point. So I did a little bit of looking uh, at that situation. It just seems to be it's just it's it's Mangrews, uh on the receiving work, and then a lot of uh, Duvernay's work is coming out of, like gadget type player stuff. And you know, I I, I expect going forward that uh, you know, uh, it, I mean, I I don't expect Bateman to be some breakout you know candidate this year, but I, I do I do think that he will get more work than is kind of being looked at right now. Yeah, Only yeah. four targets this past week. I think once J.K. Dobbins gets back to more full health, Devin Duvernay will kind of disappear because right now if you try, like the Ravens, you know, his top score, options to score once they're in close is going to be Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson run it. And then once J.K. Dobbins come back, it'll be right. But right now, their third option appears to be Devin Duvernay yeah, in a gadget absolutely. play because yeah. a lot of his points keep coming from the touchdowns. Like he only had two catches on two targets last week. Yeah, he's getting out targeted still. Like yeah. he's not. He's not. He's not taking more targets than Bateman. No. Is, yeah. The thing I would guess is more getting that. So, not buying Devin Duvernay. Rashad Bateman, though, I still want to hold on to. I'm still hoping at some point that he'll you know start getting the targets that. You know, a wide receiver one should be getting on the team that Marquise Brown was getting last year. We'll see. I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a Rashad, uh, Rashad Bateman problem, though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, they, what they're doing, I think it's, the way the offense works, is just not really going to highlight him right now. It's just crazy. You could put up 37 points and have only one running or only one wide receiver score 10 or more points, and yeah. it's literally 10 points. Yeah, I mean, he's just he takes all the points himself. So... All right, and then the final game we're going to tackle for this first episode is going to be the Tennessee Titans versus the Las Vegas Raiders. We've got the Titans winning 24-22. to Raiders move to 0-3, which one of these teams was going to do, absent a tie. You want to run through the points on this one, Rich? Yeah, we'll go through it. Maybe we were a little too quick to call Derrick Henry cooked. Maybe <laughs> maybe we spoke just a little too soon there. <laughs> I don't know, he came I back with <laughs> 25.3 points this week. I've never said anything like that off mic. <laughs> Tannehill, 18.76. Uh, Bobby Trees, 12.5. And Jeff Swain? Is that what that is? Jeff? Swain. Yeah. Swain. Swain. 10.9. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, 
Mac Collins, 29.96. Oh, Am I God. seeing this correct? Oh, yes, you are. Mac Collins is a thing. Everybody go out and spend 100% yeah. fab yeah. on Mac Collins. I'm, I'm thinking at least 98%. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Save yourself the 2%. Yeah, you never know. You, you save yourself 2% for a defense. You might need here. maybe a kicker later. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Eight catches on 11 targets for 158 yards for Matt Collins with a touchdown. The go Mixon cannot get in the end zone. He's no. had like eight chances. I will not like. let him in. He scored one earlier. He's got know, ever since say, that first one. He will not let him in. He's had two drives where they've fed him the ball in the goal line <laughs> since then. Like, you can't get in. Yes, Stocks yes, down, dude. Yes. Finished getting through the Raiders. Derek Carr, 19.82 points. Josh Jacobs, 14.7. And Devontae Adams, 14.2. So Derrick Henry's finishes so far at running back have been 39, 30, and 2 this past week with the 29-point or 25-point game that he had. So it's just been kind of inconsistent. I'm glad they got back on it this week, but they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 0-3 and, and seem like completely listless. What happened to this team? They were better last year when they fired their coach four weeks in and lost their number one wide receiver. Like, what's going on? It seemed like the players liked playing for Basaccia. Rick <laughs> You just love Italian names. Yeah, it's awesome. They're all <laughs> the same, man. They really are. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 13 carries for 66 yards. He also had five catches for 31 yards, so that's where his value came from. Possible Hayden Hurst touchdown. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst touchdown. Yeah, had some of those little night. He had a couple catches, I believe, in the first quarter. That went for about 10 yards. Hayden Hurst become irrelevant? Uh, I guess. I mean, he could just be... A lucky guy to have this week, too, though. Robert Woods had nine targets as a leading receiver for the Titans. I'm not starting a Titans receiver at this point. There's other teams where I'd rather grab the wide receiver two or even on some teams the wide receiver three to throw in my flex over Robert Woods or Traylon Burks, who were the top two options there at wide receiver. And then I'm not buying Mac Collins. This was an aberration. Devontae Adams, 14.2 points. He saves you with a touchdown. Obviously, you're expecting more from Devontae Adams than what he's done the past two weeks, which haven't been particularly impressive so far. Devontae Adams has finished. What happened? Because uh, uh, well, I'm going to be sick so, about this. Just, point, just, just to like this segue real quick, as I see them knocking that extra point. I had a correct score bet in for 27-17 Bengals win. And they're going to finish 27-15. Well, you know. You never know. You never know. There could be a safety, Rich. So, Devontae Adams finishes so far. Wide receiver 3, wide receiver 52, wide receiver 34. Not exactly what you're envisioning when you spent a first-round pick on Devontae Adams. Uh, What are we feeling about this going forward? I mean, uh, as far as a second wide receiver in this offense goes, you can't trust anybody. Hunter Renfro has disappeared. I'm not trusting Matt Collins. Yeah, Hunter Renfro is... Devontae Adams is is the one you're playing. Yeah, exactly. You're hoping that... I mean, yeah. He he turns it around. I I saw a quote from him about being, like, you know, obviously pissed off about Mm -hmm. their their bad start. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, uh, Derek Carr... uh, What's going on with him? Buckling under the pressure. Everybody was hyping him up as a contender for the uh, AFC West. Because he's consistently been, like, people are like, ah, he's, like, might be a little bit underrated. But, I mean, dude, like. What we're seeing now, he looks like he's been correctly rated. Yeah, he's been correctly rated. I don't think he's a bad quarterback in real life or anything like that, but, like. What is he's, he? not, he's not yeah. a bad quarterback. He's just not in that upper echelon. Yeah, he's not special. People are yeah. trying to put him in this offseason. Yeah, I not. mean, he's got a chance. I mean, he's got. 15 games 
or six, 14 yeah. games left. I mean, we'll see. I don't expect them to be as bad as they were this first three weeks all season. I mean, eventually they got to get something figured yeah. out, right? Yeah. Like, I guess, yeah. But Somebody's it might be too little up. too late for their season. It might already be. Right. Yeah, we'll say. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're going to come back with another episode to finish going through the rest of the games from week three. We're also going to bring you the last two minutes of this Bengals-Dolphins game. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich Hill. Mike Hill. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcasts. Peace out. Stop the garbage Tyreek Hill points. It's garbage time. We don't need (laughs) them.